What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Wizards of the Gallery Place podcast. Brendan here with Dama. We got a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about some NBA trade news that has gone on. We're going to talk about the Wizards, some free agency, some draft. So, Dama, how you doing, man? How how you doing with the coronavirus? And, you know, how excited are you for the NBA offseason in general? It's finally upon us. It, it feels like we've waited a long time, but at the same time, like, it really hasn't been a long time at all because the bubble literally just happened. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to say I'm blessed. Uh, you know, my job affords me to be home more with the kids, and, you know, I get to really indulge in, you know, personal activity that I wouldn't otherwise have time for. Um, but, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm just happy sports is back. Like, quick turnaround. I feel like the, the Lakers just won the title just like last week, it feel like. Yep. And we already back on blockbuster trades. So, yeah, uh, it's, it's exciting. We need it. We need it through these times. We need it. It's an outlet. Yeah, absolutely. And the NBA has wasted no time themselves. Um, we already have three trades that were made today. We're going to go ahead and talk about all those now. One that we heard about really... It was either last night or two days ago, something like that. But the Lakers are going to be trading Danny Green, who was relatively useless for them, to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Dennis Schroeder, who has one year left on his deal. So what is your opinion on this whole deal in general? And I guess really for the Lakers, because for the Thunder, it really doesn't matter. I don't think they're going to keep Danny Green. Yeah, no, no. I'd imagine Danny Green is is on the move at some point sooner than later. Um, but for the Lakers, I, I think it's exactly what they needed. Uh, I, I remember last year they were talking about being in play to possibly trade for Derrick Rose. Uh, but I think this might be even a better move because Dennis Schroeder can shoot. Um, and his his dribble drive penetration game is is pretty excellent. I, I remember him, you know, when, we, when he played up against us. Uh, what was that? Twenty set, twenty eighteen playoffs, and I, you know, yeah, yeah. Was it even twenty? Yeah, twenty. I can't remember which year exactly, but yeah, him and Wall was going at it. I mean, ultimately, Wall ended up getting the best of them, but Dennis Schroeder really showed me something in the playoffs. So he can play like he ain't scared. So I think that's a that's a good move for him for for, uh, for the Lakers for sure. Yeah, I think that was the 17 playoffs because that was the year we went to the Eastern or the um, yeah the Eastern Conference semifinals against Boston, correct? Because we played Atlanta that first round. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that was so that was 17 in the first round. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, I definitely like Dennis Schroeder. He's definitely improved during his time in the league. He's a very smart point guard. I mean, he he's just a real intelligent basketball player. When you talk about point guards with high IQ that know how to play the game will get the ball to their playmakers. I mean, he's, he's underrated. He's kind of like, um, I'm not trying to compare the talent because they're two totally different players, but it's kind of like a, a Terry Rozier situation where um, Terry was kind of the backup point guard for a long time and then got a chance to go and kind of be the main point guard. And I think that Dennis Schroeder is kind of that guy now where he's ready to accept a lot more responsibility than he's had in the past. So I know LeBron's going to have the ball. Uh, Anthony Davis, who presumably is going to be back, is going to have the ball. But I definitely think that Schroeder has a good chance to be their starting point guard and, um, you know, carry a lot of the ball handling duties. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Or, I mean, he could he can go into the role he was with, you know, OKC, where he's coming off the bench and he's in that six man of the year conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he, he can do both. Like, it's I, I think it was a pretty good pickup for the Lakers. Yeah, absolutely. And given that they really aren't in a position to be 
um, adding young talent. I mean, they're being aggressive and they're going out there and getting a guy that they really think is going to help their team. And I really think they will. Uh, so good job on the Lakers. And then one of the other moves that was made today was, and this is a really good move for Brooklyn in my opinion, but they traded that six, nine guy Musa who can shoot the ball pretty well. Uh, but they traded him to Detroit for Bruce Brown, who is just an outstanding young talent. Uh, definitely a two-way player. Uh, can shoot it a little bit. Great off the drives. Finish at the rim. Uh, so what do you think about that trade for Brooklyn and Detroit? Yeah, uh, I like – I mean, Detroit is just trying to get some assets back. I mean, because they have – I mean, they're, they're, their cupboard is bare. Like, they – I mean, they need any type of picks. They can get second-round picks, first-round picks, anything. They are um, one of the few teams that don't have like a franchise player. So at this point, they're just trying to get any young asset. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and as far as the Nets, I mean, they get a they get a perimeter defender. I mean, yep. Uh, Bruce can definitely he can guard. His offense is a little shaky. I, I would say he's kind of like a you know a poor man's Marcus Smart. You know, he's he he plays a little bit bigger than what his height yeah. says he is. Yeah. And you know he can really guard. Like he's 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 a dog. He's he's gritty. He's tough. Yep. And he's gonna he's gonna guard you ninety four feet. So I yep. like that for them. I like that for them. What they trying to do because they they gonna need some defense on that perimeter. If you are gonna have Kyrie and potentially Harden because you know they not playing it. So <laughs> yeah, and, and <laughs> he can play. The, yeah, he can play the one through three. So he's definitely a versatile player that you can use in different ways, and especially if. Um, you know, we heard or saw some stuff that Kyrie may or may not be a part of the trade that would uh, be getting James Harden. But even if he isn't, then you would assume that they wouldn't be able to afford to keep Spencer Dinwiddie. So there's your Dinwiddie replacement right there at the at kind of a backup combo guard role. And I think that uh, for Brooklyn, again, I mean, I think that's an excellent move overall. He's young, two-way player, can put the ball on the floor. I mean, I mean, he can just do it all, really. He's not that fancy of a player, but... Like you said, he's gritty, and um, I just think it's a really great trade for um Detroit or for Brooklyn. So, again, Detroit, yeah. you're not really getting much of anything back, but given that, again, I they're just in such a rough spot right now, so they're just trying to get anything young that they can. Yeah. Yep. And then there was one other. Oh, yeah, of course, the biggest trade of the day. How could I not? Um, So... Chris Paul is now a member of the Phoenix Suns. The Thunder in return got Kelly Oubre. Um, Jalen Leck, I think is how you say his last name. And then uh, UVA guy, local guy, Ty Jerome. So, and then some, yeah. I think a 2022 pick is what it was. Right. 2022 pick. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, Phoenix obviously looked incredible um, during the bubble. They didn't get a chance to. Uh, compete for the play-in because Portland ended up winning um, their last game or something, and I think that was the deciding factor for Phoenix. But Phoenix played amazing in the bubble, not losing a game. So um, what did you think about the trade for them? And again, in this bubble, they didn't really play with any of those guys that they lost in the trade. So, Yeah, I mean, I will say that Rookie Rubio, he did play big for them in the bubble. Um yeah. I will say though, like some of their bubble play, I was I wouldn't, you know, it, it, some of the teams they was playing was playing hurt and resting guys, but they did play well. Um, I, I mean, I, it was kind of the writing on the wall with Ubre once, you know, they played that bubble without him, with him, you know, being hurt, and they they go Cam Johnson and they go Macau Bridges. Those guys play well, 
you don't really need Ubre at the money he's making at that point. So he becomes a trade asset. Being a good GM, you flip that into a all NBA point guard. Works perfectly next to Devin Booker, who needs that leadership, that that defensive presence, pass first guy. I think it's a. I actually think it's a win win for both teams. The the Thunder get you know a, a guy like Kelly Oubre. They compare with uh, Baisley and Shy to just grow. You know, young, long, athletic. If all three of them do start, and you're probably gonna have six 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 nine six seven in your starting lineup, in your in your backcourt, you know. So I like that for them, and they get a pick out of it. And then for the Suns, you try to make the playoffs. You know, yeah. they got just as good a chance as anybody. I actually like this team better than the Thunder team Chris Paul was on last year that was tied for a fourth seed. Yeah. So, I mean, and if they could get Sarik back and then, you know, possibly they use their mid-level to go get another vet – I like their chances, man. Like they, they, they legit. And in the playoffs, I mean, you got to stop CP three and, and Devin Booker, who are who are clutch marksmen. And then eight, it's gonna be. T- and then eight, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like they gonna be a problem. They really could be a problem. Yeah, absolutely. And then you know you got Bridges and Cam Johnson on the wing, who both can slash it, and Cam Johnson can shoot the heck out of the ball. So. Yeah. Um, and I think what's underrated about Phoenix, too, and I know they kind of lost some of it with the Ubre deal, but they're a team that low-key has some depth. Yeah. Um, so, again, yeah. I mean, you talk about adding an MLE-quality guy, and, you know, you're probably looking at maybe a team that I think they'll still be outside of the playoffs when it's all said and done, but they'll definitely be a part of the play-in that's proposed right now. I definitely think that. Um. So, um. Let's go to the Wizards now. So the only, we haven't heard anything Wizards related. Uh, we keep seeing, at least I keep seeing that they're expected to make some sort of move, but we haven't had any whisper of that yet. The only thing that we've really heard, and we saw it actually about 20 minutes ago, is that they'd possibly be interested in signing Aaron Baines, which you pointed out could mean that Thomas Bryant's on the move. And I don't necessarily disagree with that, but what I would say is that they could also just be moving Mo Wagner. But I definitely don't think it makes sense to keep all three of them on the roster. I mean, you need to turn one of them into something. And what makes sense, given where the Wizards are at, is that you try and put Bryant in some sort of package to try and land, A, either a better big or a wing player that we desperately needed the three. Yeah, so I mean, uh, as it relates to the Wizards' interest in Baines, I mean, be a good vet. Give him some defensive presence. Um, his passing is a little underrated too, and his shooting. Um, so I w- I would like him. I don't know if I like him as like a full time starter, or, you know, twenty five plus minutes a game. But for sure, he can be a twenty minute enforcer. Uh, maybe in certain matchups, he can he can be a, a rim deterrent for you. Um, if they do go that route. And they are also able to get Okongu at nine, which all of the mock drives are, drafts are showing. Then I definitely think that makes Thomas Bryant expendable. Yeah, and you know the guy I've I've been saying I think they should definitely target, especially now that all these reports have come out, is a guy like Robert Covington because I just think in the Eastern Conference where you got Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and uh. Tobias Harris, Chris Middleton, Giannis, Katie, 
like you, Jimmy Butler, you need a veteran wing player that can guard somebody and knock down shots. And the Wizards do not have it. Like Bonga, uh, I'm sorry, Troy Brown, like, no, those are not the answers right now. So if they're trying to win, they need to go adjust that wing position because I think that's even more uh, of a need than the big man is. Yeah, so. absolutely. And we even heard Tommy Shepard say that in that um, that interview recently, at least in terms of the defense, because he acknowledges himself, and I've been saying it, everyone wants to kill Thomas Bryant because he doesn't rim protect that well. And okay, that's fine, but when you're literally basically just a ghost in front of everyone on the perimeter and they go right by you, it's like, well, yeah. what do you want? What do you want Brian to Bryant to do eventually? Like, you know, so yeah, he's he's not talented, or nor does he have the instincts to be able to make up for all the mistakes that are happening on the perimeter. No. And sometimes so. he'll surprise you, but he can't do it on a consistent basis. He's good in spurts yeah. like that. He he's like, one I'm of those not- guys that you try going at, and then he'll block you, and then you may think about doing it again, but. He's not a guy that you consistently go at and is like, okay, I'm going to avoid him. But once you have good perimeter defense, and then the one time you may get by them, and then you go to the room and you're like, all right, I got this, then that's when Brian can get yeah. you. Yeah, and then if he if he's trying to rush over to play help defense because somebody got beat, then he's getting in foul trouble. And then that, yeah. so that throws him totally out of whack offensively, and then you got a whole different player at that point and not the player that you want, the aggressive Thomas Bryant. You know, that's rim running, pick and rolling, setting hard screens, rebounding. He can't do that if he's got four fouls in the second quarter. You know right. what I'm saying? So I think a lot of the issues are more on the perimeter. Uh, I mean, just get not having Isaiah Thomas for half the year immediately makes your team defensively much better. Yep. Um, <laughs> and then you're replacing that with potentially a healthy John Wall, you know, um, because I don't know that Ish Smith is necessarily a good defender either, but you're putting him back in his proper role on the bench. You're putting yeah. a 6'4", 200-pound John Wall there. I think he'll do better guarding. I expect Bill to be better guarding since he don't have to score 30 a night. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I, then at that point, Thomas Bryant looks better. So but they got to adjust that wing spot. Like, if they come back with Troy Brown – or Isaac Bonga starting at the three, that's going to tell me everything I need to know <laughs> about yeah. how yeah. this season is going to go. Yeah. And, and it's not that I don't, I, it's not that we think Troy Brown isn't a capable player, but just where the Wizards are at and where they need to be, it would be much better for him in a role off the bench where he can kind of have the rock and do his own thing. Because with Wall and Beal, he, he's just not going to be able to do it. He's just not. No, no. And he's a rhythm player. I, I've been saying this since we yes. drafted him. He actually, he actually reminds me of how I used to play. But he's yeah. he's a guy that he needs the ball in his hand and he needs to get a couple of passes, get a couple of assists, maybe see a shot go down, and then all of the rest of his game ramps up. Yeah. But if you're just going to stick him in the corner and say, hey, be Trevor Ariza, like, it's not going to work. So, yeah. you know. So, in a, because Covington, I think, is about – 11 mil, correct? 11 or 12, somewhere. He's, in there. he's 12 mil. Yeah, I was just looking at it. He's 12 million. Okay, yep. so this would match up if they decided to do Bryant and Brown for Covington. If the Rockets or um, who has them right now? 
The Rockets, right? Rockets. Yeah, Rockets. Yeah. Yep. So if the Rockets were to throw in like a second round pick along with Covington, would you do that trade? And do you think that would be fair for both sides? Or would you be fine with doing the player straight up? Or how would you want to orchestrate that? I don't I don't think there's a straight up trade they could make money wise, like a player for player move. I think I just meant uh, like no now, picks attached. Oh, no picks attached. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ah, you see, I I mean, I would want to believe that they, we could get him without giving up a pick. The the trade I had throughout there was was uh, Thomas Bryant, Bonga, and the 37th pick, the second-round pick, the high second-round okay. pick. Um, I don't know that that would be enough, but I would try it. Um, right. I'm definitely not giving them nine. Um, no, no, of course not. If you're, go- if you're going to do a first-round pick, maybe, especially if, say, Okongu is not there at nine, maybe you entertain the trade back with Boston get those three first round picks and then send one of those for Covington. Right. I would do something like that, like a low first round pick, something in the twenties, but I'm not giving up a top 10 pick for Covington. Nope. Um, nope. But, but yeah, I mean, you got, they're going to have to get creative. Cause like you said earlier, the only way you're going to really improve this team is via trade. Cause you don't have the cap flexibility. So uh, you're going to have to trade in some of these chips, man, some of these young pieces. I mean, that's kind of why I wanted them to play in the bubble so that they can kind of showcase themselves and, and get in the eyes and the minds of these GMs to say, hey, we got some talent here in D.C., and they can be had for the right piece. So yeah, absolutely. I think you got to do that now. And especially if you look at the Rockets and, like, they're going to be blowing it up. So they're going to want the young players in return. And any sort of draft capital that they can get. So um, I don't know if they'll end up going for Covington, but I definitely think that out of all the potential trade candidates that would be out there, I would think that he would be probably towards the top, if not at the top of the list, because he just makes so much sense. He, he's he's a big shot maker, um, has size. He would instantly be our best defender, our best on-ball defender anyway. Uh, I mean, he would just make, so much sense for us and would take such a burden off wall and Beal. Yeah. I mean, if you're not going to have, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to just say, if you're not going to have like Jimmy Butler, Paul George, you know, an elite all-star wing, then that's the next best thing. I mean, Robert Covington is, is, is the next best thing. Like you're, you know, cause we're not going to get Paul George walking through the door. Like we're not going to get that type of player at that spot. So why not trade for Covington? Like I, I just, right. I just think I would actually like that more than trying to get Miles Turner because I just think I agree the the position the importance of it is just much more vital than the position Miles Turner plays. So right because you can't put Miles Turner on Kevin Durant, you can't put Miles Turner on Jalen Brown, <laughs> Jason Tatum, and hell no <laughs> Tobias Harris. You can't do that. Um, and, and, what I, and then again, Thomas Bryant can play. He can play. Thomas Bryant can play. Like, yeah, he's not he, no bum. No, he's not a guy that has to be moved. But the, the point of getting all this young talent is so that when you have all the pieces there and you're ready to make a run in the East, and th- that's what the Wizards have to do at this point, or else they're just half-assing it. And you and I are very big advocates of they can no longer half-ass this. They they did their year of getting the young pieces, and now it's time to make a commitment one way or the other. Um, because at this point, if they're just half-assing it and just trying to keep adding all the young talent without making any real moves for any of big-time players that are going to help your roster, you're doing well and be a disservice, and you're just 
you know, keeping the inevitable on hold, which is a full rebuild. So, um, and I, I honestly think that's, that's what's going to happen anyway, but but back to Covington, (laughs) um, essentially what he's, he would be what they wanted Bonga to do. All they wanted Bonga to do was, okay, we're going to stick you on their best perimeter player. And we want you to hit threes. Covington is that times like 500. Yeah. I mean, and he's six, nine, you know, two thirty. Like he has an NBA body. He's a vet. He knows the game. He's been on multiple playoff teams. He can really shoot it, <clears throat> you know. So, I, yeah, I mean, he's 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 lit. Bonga coming scene is what you want Bonga to become. I just don't see Bonga becoming that for another three, four years. No, so, and they they don't have the time <laughs> to wait, like I just said. They, they just yeah. don't. And so, if there's a way that you can acquire him without giving up too much, then I think that you have to pull the trigger on that one. Yeah. Um. I mean, looking at other players out there that, I mean, the Wizards could potentially look at in terms of big fish. Um, I mean, Aaron Gordon, I'm sure, is a guy Orlando would at least look into moving. Um, DeMar DeRozan just accepted his the last year on his contract, so I'm not sure if there's something there to be had. The, the thing with DeRozan, and I like DeRozan, and I honestly, I know that him and Wall aren't the best of shooters, but I truly think that those three together would be something to work with. I know that the defense would be awful. I get it. Um, but they would put up a lot of points. And, um, I mean, I'm struggling to think of anyone else that they could really make a move for right now. I mean, are there any other names off the top of your head that you could think of? As far as just as trading, uh, I mean, it's really like those are the, the only two really for me are, are Miles Turner and Covington, depending on which way they want to go. Okay. Um, I, I don't see them. You know, unless it's like a smaller type of player, like uh, you know, I know Rashawn Gomes was brought up, uh, Holmes was brought up, uh, a couple of other like you know smaller like role players. But I'm talking about guys that you know are like starters. Um, I, I don't really see the move for them because they don't have they don't have the salaries to send out because you got Wall making forty million, you got Bill making thirty million, and then after that, I think your next highest paid player. Is he ain't even resigned yet? It's going to be Bertans, but he's not even resigned right. yet. And so it's 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 tough to bring back a big salary like a DeRozan, um, unless you're talking about trading all of your depth. And there isn't a player available that's worth doing that for. So, what is your take on the whole Bertans thing at this point? Because I've went back and forth and saying, okay, well, they could sign and trade him and, and do all that. But I truly think that if they're, if they were going to get anything back for him, the time to do that would have been at the deadline last year. I'm not saying that they couldn't get anything for him now, but given where they're at, it just gives me, uh, I mean, it, it just tells me that they're not really looking into moving him and that they're 100% bringing him back. But I mean, what's your take on that entire situation with him? You know what? I think they actually could get more now than what they could have got then because this is the arms race time here. Like, this is before you know who's picking who. You know, them draft picks, the unknown of it. The draft is coming up. That pressure is building. You're seeing rumors of teams making moves for stars and all of that. And you're like, okay, we got to make a move. Like, the Hawks, I think... I'm not saying you could get number six for Bertans, but you might could get <laughs> you you might could get Cam Reddish. You might could get uh 
you know, one of them wings, them extra wings that got sitting over there, you know, Herder and another first or something, because they are really trying to make the playoffs. The Suns, they got they got pieces, you know. They trying to make the playoffs. Like, um, I think you can get something for Bertans if it came down to it, a sign and trade situation. And I think he would work with the team to do that if it came down to it, but um, no, I think absolutely. But how you just said all those teams are trying to make the playoffs. I mean, so are we. So so that I mean, again, that's right. just kind of where it cuts off for me is like, yeah, we, we could get a lot for them and they could look into moving them to help us get other pieces. But at the end of the day, those pieces would not be as valuable as him um, to right. our team. So I, I think that the logical thing to do, and I think they're going to sign him to probably a three or four year deal, or they'll sign him to like a two year deal with a player option or something like that. Kind of like what um, Jabari Parker did with uh, the bucks a few years ago. But um, I think that you play it out and you start the season. And then at the trade deadline, if you realize, okay, this really isn't working, then you can try and get something for him. And hopefully the contract isn't too heavy and, and it'll be a valuable contract. Totally agree. Yeah, totally agree. Um, but we but, need, but, we need mean, the shooting. You you gotta have it. I mean, if you're gonna play, you're gonna you're gonna have Rui, Wall, uh, Troy Brown, um, playing high minutes. You need Bertans on the floor. I, I'm I'm almost like uh, the way Duncan Robinson was playing for the Heat. Uh, I'm ready to see uh, Matthews uh, playing 15 yeah. minutes a night. Yeah, because. Ain't no way you telling me Duncan Robinson is a is a way better player than Matthews. Like it's the same skill set to me. Like get that kid on the floor somehow, some way. Run some plays for him. Uh, some 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 pin downs. Get that man open and get him shooting some some, some threes up. Because yes, yeah, just use him like JJ Redick. Yeah, that's the league now, man. You you just need that threat, man. I you need it. Yeah. So. And then it's like, you know, it's like, where do you play? I guess maybe you could try and take some of Jerome Robinson's minutes eventually and, and fit him in there. But, I mean, Jerome Robinson, I think, is pretty much solidified as, as Beal's backup. Unless they decide that you – I think doomsday scenario, but it's not really that terrible. But, I mean, if they had to start Jerome Robinson at the three, I mean, that's – I mean, it's not good. But, I mean, I, I'd be good. happier with that than Bonga. <laughs> I would, too. I would, too. Um, because I think Troy Brown has to come off the bench. Yes, he has to yeah. come off the bench. Like he's playing him next wall, next to Wall and Bills is about it. Using using uh, Robinson in that way, I, that's just not. You're not gonna. You're not stopping nobody doing that though. You're just at that point. You're just gonna try to outscore people. Um, right. But I like having that as an option. You know, if you go small and you go three guard lineups, and I'm sure know. they'll do that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But that I don't want that to be the whole course meal. Like that's no, no, no. not trying to be the Rockets East. No, if we have Jerome <laughs> yeah. Robinson coming out there and playing like 25 to 29 minutes a game, we are in trouble. We are in trouble. Like I say, that wing spot is going to tell me everything I need to know about this season. Yeah. Um. Because you can get by with Thomas Bryant. You really can, but you need to shore up the perimeter defense, in my opinion. You got it, and you need shot maker. You need another big shot maker there. Yeah, because whether, whether you keep Thomas Bryant or not, you still need a vet five. Like, 
you just do because Mo Wagner is not adequate. Uh, he's just not. He's always in foul trouble. He takes stupid charges, and you know he doesn't rim protect at all. So he's literally just as good as his three ball, whether or not that's falling or not. If it ain't falling, he's pretty much useless. So you need a vet center anyway. Like what you do with Thomas Bryant doesn't change that. But if you're going to try to go with a wing rotation of <laughs> Troy Brown, Bonga, and some minutes from Rui, I mean, you're going to get cooked. You're going to get cooked in the East. Absolutely. Um, and so let's visit the five position really quick more in depth. So we both definitely agree that they need another center because I don't think that you could go in the season with Bryant and Wagner as your two centers. I'm not saying that I would hate it. Again, you could probably get by with it, but I, I'm with you. I definitely think that they need either a starter if they want Bryant to come off the bench or they need a, a backup who can play a considerable amount of minutes. Like, they were Sean Holmes type player, but one other name I kind of want to revisit and fans have kind of forgotten about him as he kind of gone throughout this offseason process, but Boogie Cousins. So, I mean, what do you feel about DeMarcus Cousins and his potential fit here at this point? I mean, we saw a workout video today. He, he looks thin. Uh, he looks in shape. So, I mean, what would you feel about that? I don't know, man. I'm, I'm a little torn. My heart says... Come on Dude. down, but my yeah, my but my but by the logic, my mind is like, come on, man, you're gonna have two guys coming off Achilles injuries trying to save your season. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> I, but again, I, Brian's I kind of the insurance there, right? And then if you still keep Mo Wagner, then it's like you could probably do. I'm not saying I wouldn't do this all season because I don't think it would eventually be healthy for the rotation. But if you had to play three centers in the rotation, kind of like how they were doing with Bikini, at least until Cousins maybe gets his legs back under him. I mean, but is, it wouldn't but like, be the is worst this, thing. Is that, but you know what that sounds like to me? Hmm. That sounds like another Isaiah Thomas move, but just yeah, five. no, it, it will, it will be. <laughs> you and know, course, like we'll let's just to... take a flyer on it, you know, and. Yeah, And I just don't think this is the season you can afford to do that. Like, we can't waste 30 games on a guy coming off of injuries to see if maybe they can turn out to be something and we can flip it for an asset. Like, like we literally I, – I, I, I stand by this. I will die on this hill. Isaiah Thomas calls Bradley Bill an all-star game and an all-NBA not. Yeah. Because – his because Bradley Bill defensive numbers metrics is why he wasn't voted an all star by by well, is why he wasn't put on an all NBA team, and it's why uh, uh, you know, media didn't put him in the all star game because of his defense. And I just think a lot of that was attributed to having an Isaiah Thomas just basically draining your team's defense. I mean, they were historically bad. But, you know, it, it turned out that you turned that into Jerome Robinson. You know, so maybe it pans out. Maybe Jerome Robinson becomes a great rotational player, score, microwave score off the bench, and you look back and you say it was worth it. But I just don't think we can afford to do that again this no. season. You know? Yeah, I, I totally understand that just – my thing would be if they want the, the money or the other assets that they have to go into the wing position and there's really nothing else that they can do at the center position, like say they can't draft one, 
um, that's ready to play right away, then I mean, I'm just saying I wouldn't. It wouldn't be the worst thing ever to just like give him a, a vet min and just try out to to see what. Oh happens yeah, I mean, on a vet minimum. I mean, I put it to you this way: if we can get it for the vet minimum, and you telling me he would be taking all of uh, Mo Wagner's minutes, I'm down for it. Yeah, because that doesn't that doesn't change anything else that's going on at the top of your rotation. But if no. you're like, okay, we're banking on Boogie to be our backup center or our starter, like, I'm not doing that. I ain't doing yeah. that. Um, but like I say, if he want, if he could, if he was willing to come in as a third big and play his way up, I'm I'm for it. I'm for it, but not more than that. <laughs> and it's just it's just too much. It's just too much riding on this year. Like you got Bill, you know, you got a lame duck coach. Like it's just it's just too much riding. You got ball coming back off injury. It's just so much riding on this year. I just would hate to 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 put that in the hands of a boogie coming off a Achilles injury. Yeah, you know? and the the other reason I say that is, and if they get a project, and I and I'll say this now when I tweeted it out the other day, do not be surprised if Precious ends up being the pick at nine. I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen, but hold up, what was the, say that one more time. I just do not be surprised if Precious is the pick at nine. Oh, uh, you think so? I I have <laughs> spoken to someone, yes, and th- they they really like him. But wow. th- the thing with him is, and you can pull and take from a lot of things that Tommy said, but Tommy said himself, you know, you have to kind of find a balance when you're drafting in that position, like. You know, you want to find a balance of someone that could be good down the road, but then also someone who can also help you now. And I don't think that Precious is a guy that'll be able to help your rotation out as much this year. And he's already kind of undersized at the position. So the reason I say that is if they take a fly on a guy like Precious, then I definitely think that you need to have something else at the center. And if they make some sort of move for a wing, and they draft a project like Precious at nine, then you need to sign someone else at center. But do you you think Precious is a project? Because I I don't know that he's I don't know that I would call him a project. I I actually think I mean he had the best defensive rating in college this season as a as a true freshman. Although he is an older freshman, like he's a twenty year old freshman. He's not a he's not a nineteen or eighteen year old freshman. So, so he's you, not like. Go ahead. No, I would say so. He's not like super young, like how Troy Brown was, who was damn near high school age coming out. Uh, but I think, I mean, just he was a guy that I identified a while ago, and I was just like, whoa, that's an NBA athlete, like six nine, seven foot something wingspan. I mean, effortless athlete, and he was like that in high school, like you know, top top fifteen player in high school, five star player. Like, and, you know, and actually in high school, he was playing on the wing. It wasn't until he got to Memphis and just by default, once Wiseman went down, that they moved him into the front court. But he reminds me of Jeremy Grant. And I know that's the player that, you know, we've been eyeing and saying, hey, that's the guy we need, you know, on this team where you need an infusion of athleticism, defense, and some spot shooting. I think Precious can develop into that. Um, and then, but immediately, 
I could see Precious playing 15, 20 minutes and guarding guys on the wing and just being, you know, just being an athlete, dude. Like, just you're 6'9", you can jump out the gym, you're long as hell. Just go be an athlete. Like, I could see him easily getting, you know, eight points, just being athletic, getting some deflections, flying around. Um, I can see that for him. And then you hopefully he develops into what you see Jeremy Grant doing in the playoffs just now inside the bubble. Yeah. You know, where at times he looked like the best player on the Nuggets. So, you know, um, I wouldn't be shocked by that. I, I would not be shocked by that. I think I like him actually a little more than a uh Okoro, be honest yeah. with you. Yeah, I'm not the I don't hate Isaac Okoro. I think he's a fine prospect. He's just not my favorite of the wings. Um, but you know that. And, and it's not, I don't, I don't ever have a personal vendetta against someone. I mean, these are kids. I, I don't know. Um, but I, I, I definitely, I definitely like Devin Vassell um, more as a prospect. And I guess this is where we'll kind of just take over and kind of get into the draft a little bit now. Um, so, I mean, really we've kind of seen, everything we've seen that the wizards may stay put we've seen that they may be interested in moving up we've seen that they be that they may be interested in moving down so i need a final prediction from you and i I know this is hard but what do you think they'll end up doing you don't have to give me a prospect at least not right now but what do you think they're gonna do uh man 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 ah See, it depends on where Okongwu goes. If Okongwu's there at nine, they are taking him. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. If he is gone, I think they entertain trading back. And that's where I think you look at Precious. Okay. Um, Yeah, either Precious or Sadiq Bey. So So I, I guess... I don't know if I'm hedging here, but <laughs> I say I'll just say this: if at nine, they st- if Okongu is there, they're taking Okongu at nine. Period. Point blank. I'll, I'll say that definitively. Um, and then after that, it's no telling. It's really no telling. My only hesitation was saying that the Wizards would trade back is um, it's still Tommy's second year. And let me ask you this. Do you think that the Wizards could have traded back last year and still have taken Rui Hachimura? I mean, of course, this depends how far they trade back. But, I mean, I, I would probably lean yes. I don't know about that because I, I don't know that Charlotte had to pick right after us, right? They picked uh, 10, right? Or they picked... Where did Charlotte draft? Because they took P.J. Washington. And I think if if we didn't take Rui, I think they would have took him. And I know the Spurs wanted him. Um, no, I don't even remember. The, they, were, they, were, they were either like 10th through 12th or something. Or No, maybe they were 13th. I don't know. They were somewhere in there. Yeah, I don't, you're probably – maybe they did pick right after us. But, yeah, we were ninth last year too. So. Yeah, I would, have to, I would have to go look and see because I'm looking now. Let me see. 2019 draft. Uh, we picked ninth. So Cam Reddish went ten to Hawks. Yes, Cam yes. To the yes. Suns eleven. PJ Washington went twelfth. Yes, okay. Because I thought twelve. Was, yeah, I thought that. Um, and then the Spurs were picking nineteen, but I think they would have tried to trade up to get Ruby because he wouldn't. Have, he wouldn't have lasted to nineteen. Like no way. 
not with the no. you know the Magic took Ochuma and Detroit took uh, Sekou at fifteen. So yeah, yeah. I, I just it just depends on how far you would have had to trade back. I I don't know how far who you know. So that's my that's my thing too is because I think the Rui thing it may not have blindsided some people but I think generally it caught the fan base off guard and a, and a lot of draft analysts off guard. Um so my only thing with that was like okay if they really like Precious but what if other teams really like him as well it's like or if they if they have their mindset on the prospect like and is the risk worth it so I don't think that they'll trade back. But I could definitely see them trading up. At the end of the day, I think they're going to stay at nine, or they may move back like a pick. But um, I I don't think that, and and like we'll get a future second or something like that. But um, no, I I don't think that they're going to trade back this draft again. I I think they're going to stay put at the end of the day. To be yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I I think, and this draft is different than last year's draft because last year's draft you had like some definitive guys up top that you knew were going right. in the top yeah. three, top five. And then after that, it was kind of crapshoot. Um, this year, it's like, who knows? Man? Like, if if <laughs> I even heard somebody talking about Patrick Williams going in the top three, like, I, oh. it's it's no telling, man. It's it's no telling with this draft. Like, if if the Wizards took, uh, I don't know, if they took the, 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 uh, the, the European guy, the the big man, um, with the weird, with the the last name start with a P. I can't think of his last name. I can't. Ah, uh, uh, it's, it's it's escaping me. Pope Alexia Poskesvetsky is. I'm probably butchering. It. But yeah, if they took him at nine, I I wouldn't be shocked. Like I I just don't know. I don't know how much intel Tommy has on him. Um, I mean, I know when I watch his film, he looks like a baby Jokic, but he's going against like what looks like YMCA competition. So yeah, <laughs> it's like I don't know, I don't know. And that's kind I'm of the thing with Killian here. Hayes too, because Killian Hayes didn't have the greatest competition either, and either, and everyone's like, ah, baby Harden, this and that. And it's like I see oh, some similarities, no. but he is not no Harden. Oh no, my God, I mean. I, in terms of the dribble moves, I see what they're trying to get at, and like the sizing up and the step backs and all that. I see what yeah, they're yeah, trying yeah. to get at, but but no, I agree. Like the compare, it's it's not a fair comparison, and I just I worry about a team like and a lot of the teams that are going to be picking at the top um, may need a point guard. I know we talk about Chicago. Um, I mean, who knows that Cleveland took two point guards a year in a row. I know that they have Sexton at the two, but what if? Uh, Lamelo Ball is there, and you know, are they going to look at Darius Garland and be like, okay, well, we're not going to take Lamelo Ball because we have Darius Garland? Like, I don't think they're going to do that. Um, I just think Darius, yeah, Darius Garland didn't show me enough his rookie year to say that drafting a point guard is is you know he he wasn't good enough to to have point guard eliminated from your no <laughs> your your board. He <laughs> like, lit us up though that one game. He lit the shit out well, of us. Every- Everybody did us up. Yeah, everybody just uh, everybody get a career high versus the Wizards. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, that's been the case the last two years. So, but yeah, he he wasn't good enough to say, oh, we can't take another point guard. Like no, like if RJ if RJ Hampton went top five, 
I would not be shocked because he's no. been looking like a dog in his workouts. Yeah. And, you know, he's been in a pro, he's been in a grown man league. Like, that ain't no weak league he over there. And, you know, he didn't look the best, obviously, but he's he's a pro already. So I'm sure he's probably, he, you know, from what I've seen, he's been killing workouts. He's been working with Mike Miller on his mechanics, and they look, I mean, his jump shot has done a 180. Like, he looked like a kid with a middle school jumper to now he looks like he has a professional jump shot now. Mm -hmm. Um, And with his athleticism and and speed with his length, I mean, as a big point guard, like I can see him going top five in this draft. That wouldn't shock me if the wizards took him at five. I mean, at nine, I wouldn't be shocked by that. So, you know, this is one of them drafts, man. It's just no telling. And so I, I know that this is something that Wizards fans have kind of been talking about, and you know we just touched on it a bit there. But if they do go point guard at nine, because I'm still whoever is the highest ranked prospect on their board, I think that's who they should take. Um, mm-hmm. And so when you talk uh, about the point guard position, I don't think that Ball will be there. Um, I don't think Hayes will be on the board by that time. So the point guards you're probably looking at are RJ Hampton or um, Tyrese Halliburton, who, I mean, I probably will be gone by that point, but you never know. But uh, so what do you think about the point guards in general? And, like, I would throw Kyra Lewis in there too. Oh, yes, absolutely. You cannot forget him, the most underrated point guard in this entire draft. Yeah, you cannot forget him. That that guy, that man is, oh, my goodness. He's so yeah. talented. That kid can play, man. I mean, but just to – yeah, to answer your question, I mean, I like the point guard group here. I think it's a little bit of everything, depending on what you need. Um, if you want, <laughs> if you want the the highest upside, I think that might be Killian, because he kind of got like to me, he reminds me of D'Lo. Um, he's not yeah. as polished as D'Lo was. No, but like the size and how they play, the craftiness. Not elite athletes, but like crafty and very um, heavy on the left hand. Very heavy on the left. Do them one-handed passes, like same type of player to me. Um, and then you got, you know, like I was just saying, Kyra Lewis, like that dude can play, man. Like, I, I don't think it's he don't have many weaknesses to me. Like, if you just talking about speed, ability to penetrate a defense, break a guy down off one-on-one, yeah, he can shoot it, he can pass it. The only real question with him I have is just like his size, because I think he ain't even he's barely 170 pounds. Yeah, he's um, light. He's light. Yeah, so I mean, but you can gain weight. But no, if you're just talking like complete game, like he can play to me. I, I don't see how he's not top ten in this draft. Yeah. Uh, and then Tyrese Halliburton, all around player. He really don't have no weaknesses. Like he's just, I think he's like the auto porter of point guards. Like it's just zero bust potential. Like he could just, you know, you can pick him. No, you ain't gonna get a bust player. He's going to be able to play, for, play in the league 10-plus years. No issues, no character issues. He's going to be coachable, you know. But I don't know that there's much upside with him. Like, I just don't – I don't look at him and say, yeah, I can see him being an all-star in five years. Like, I just don't see that way. Um, and then if you go down the line, and I don't think as much of a gap with this guy is Tyrell Terry. Like, like he kind of like, to me, like a Seth Curry type. It's just straight up sniper, man. Like in a league where shooting is so important, like shoot, I could see him going lottery. Um, and then of course RJ Hampton, like I was just saying, like super athlete. He's probably the best athlete out of all of the point guards. 
Um, I mean, coast to coast, he sometimes looked like Russell Westbrook with the ball in his hands, but his feel for the game got to get better. And obviously he got to prove something with that jump shot. If that jump shot real, he might be a problem. But it's, you just never with these guys, you just never know, man. You just never know. But I like the fact that he's working out with Mike Miller. Um, I like that a lot, actually. So that that tells you he's he's aware of what he needs to work on, and he's going out and he's seeking the best people to do it, not some IG trainer, you know, right. that's gonna have him <laughs> that's gonna have him dribbling uh uh, uh tennis balls. You know, like, no, <laughs> like, <laughs> no, we're going to work on your jumper with one of the best jump shooting players to, to, to lace him up and Mike Miller. So yeah, I, I, I like where his head is at. So. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I definitely like the point guards. I'm not sure that this is the draft. I wouldn't like if I had it my, my way and all the prospects are kind of equal at that point. Um, and they had some like prospects equal at their point on the board. I don't know that I would take a point guard, but mm-hmm. I definitely am not going to be mad if they want to take a swing at one of these guys because once they do move on from Wall and Beal eventually, and, and you got to figure if they blow it up um, this next offseason, they're going to move on from both of them. Um, right. Then you need that next person that's going to come in and handle the ball. And you know, lead your yeah. franchise because, and we talk about. I think that once they move on, that Rui is the franchise player, but you need someone that's going to get him the ball for sure. And I, I didn't even, I forgot Cole Anthony. Um, I'm no. not the biggest fan of his. I'm not the biggest fan. <laughs> that that would be the one guy that if they took him at nine, I would be upset. I would be upset. Yes, absolutely. Um, because it's not that he's not talented. It's just that. The style that he plays and his size, like he's 6'3 with a 6'4 wingspan, and he has a streaky jump shot. Like I just think that type of player, that type of player to me screams bench. (laughs) Like, you know, like microwave guy, like an Austin Rivers type, like, all right, come off the bench, score a little bit, go back to the bench. Like I just don't – that to me would be like the worst kind of pick they could make at nine. Like if you're going to take a point guard, I want like a bigger guy athlete, you know, like an RJ Hampton or, you know, Killian Hayes, Halliburton, somebody that can, got some position versatility. Um, but taking a six foot two microwave point guard, like, you know, with short arms, like I, I would just, I'd be ready to pack uh, Tommy's bags. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, we'll no, see. I- I agree. That that's the one guy if they took it nine because I'm trying to think of all the other point guards. I think I'd be okay with um, the wings. All the other wings, I think I'd be okay with all of the big men. I think I'd be okay with, but he is the one guy that like if they took, I I would not. And I'm sure I'd talk myself into it eventually. As some <laughs> like, sort of we all like, do, right? <laughs> as some sort of combo guard off the bench that we haven't had, but I mean, yeah, no, I I would be very. I upset. mean, and, and, unless unless you already got like a a a, a Ish Smith trade lined up, and you right. just really feel like Cole Anthony is the best guard on the board, I don't see how they could possibly have him as a top guard on the board. Like, no, I, I was I just, gonna say that. There's no way. Yeah. That would really disappoint me. I, I, <laughs> even just thinking about it now, I'm just like, 
Yeah, like I, I'm gonna really look at Tommy Shepard different if he did that, man. <laughs> <laughs> really look at him different if he did that. But who knows, man? I could be hella wrong. We could be wrong, and and Cole Anthony is a future future All Star. Who knows? I yeah. doubt it though. Yeah, I doubt it. Um, I think that the two impact guys that are 100% helping us from day one would be Okongwu and Wiseman, just from a positional standpoint and yes. just their skill set. Um, For sure. Are there any guys that, I'm not saying you like them over Okongwu or Wiseman, but if they're both off the board, let's say, are there any that you hope that would maybe fall a few spots to us? Because the the one guy I would think of is Obi Toppin. That's that's out of the top group, like out of that tier one group of guys. That's like yeah, like someone that's projected that's been consistently projected to go higher than us. That you're just hoping could fall. Uh I mean, I've been hearing about all of them could fall. I, I mean, I didn't see some drafts that was falling. Like I, I mean. Any of the top guys like Lamelo, Edwards, Wiseman, definitely Wiseman, because um, I just think he an NBA body today. Like he can, he can yeah. go out there and you know he'll be the best athlete, you know, at the five spot on the floor just about every night. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, not really. I mean, I, I would say, you know, if if see that about Obi Toppin thing, I'm not a fan. Okay. I, I I I I try I try to get to like him. I try to like his game. I just don't see nothing he does that like it. Nothing he does wows me. I watch okay. his tape. I'm like, Troy Brown can do all of that. Like I don't I don't see anything with his game that says yeah that's a top five pick. Like okay. I just don't I I don't see it with him. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think. Um, Somebody that could drop. I mean, because I mean, I guess draft. Halliburton's a guy. They all could drop. drop. Like uh, Halliburton. I mean, I, I could. I don't really see him as like a bona fide top five pick. Like I he, don't care. I don't either. You know, like if he was there at nine, I wouldn't be like, whoa, we got you know, we got a steal. It would just be like okay, because in in any other draft, he would go nine <laughs> or, or you know. Bottom lottery, so I've, yeah, I think it'd uh, probably be a bottom lottery pick. Yeah, I, I don't. I would say then, you know, I'll say out of the guys that to me are like, no matter what draft, they could probably go top five. I would say Wiseman. Okay, Wiseman. Like if if Wiseman was there at nine, I'm doing cartwheels. Yeah. Like, you know, because that dude, it, you know. You, we can debate his upside all day, but what you cannot debate is that he got NBA athleticism, an NBA body today. Yes. And, yeah, he would immediately come in, and I think he's taking Thomas Bryant's starting job to me. So, yeah, that means, probably. That means you upgraded. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, again, I um, think that the two guys that come in tomorrow and make an immediate impact again are Wiseman and Okongwu just because of their position and their skill set. Yeah, those those two to me are really the only two that I would say would start for the Wizards day one. Like, no questions. Yeah. No questions asked. I think they that if start. they drafted a wing that they would start, and that's, again, just because Troy Brown 
uh, would come off the bench, but it's like who knows? Maybe they do make a trade for a wing at some point or something. But um, yeah, they would be like penciled in as the starter until they made another move to sign like Mo Harkless or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like Wiseman and Okongu to me are like immediate starters. Like they're, yeah, they're they're starting off break, no questions asked to me. Um, and those are really the only two because even like if they took Lamelo Ball, I don't think Lamelo starts. Um, no, I don't. I, no, yeah, you know, or or either Anthony Edwards. I don't think he would start for us either. Like I just don't think they would force him at the small four spot. You know, I I, I think would he would start. start. I, I think I think, think they would do it. Start. Yeah, you think and, they would do it with Edwards? Yeah, Pause, yeah, because he a big dude. I, you know what? I take yeah. that back. Edwards, yeah, because he about two twenty five. Like he's solid. So yeah, he could play some three for sure. Um, yeah, that's a that's a big boy, man. I, yeah, um, yeah, I can see that Edwards. Yeah, Edwards, a Wiseman, Okungu. I would say them three. Like they would probably be starters. The rest of them, nah. Yeah, the only reason I didn't mention Edwards is because I mean I think it's a foregone conclusion he's going to be one of the top two picks in the draft. So yeah, um, you need to be one. <laughs> yeah, I, I've yeah, right. Like, I don't see how Minnesota takes LaMelo Ball. I mean, I get that Russell's kind of probably more of a two guard at this point, like the consensus Is on he? him, but I like him at point guard. Like, I think that Russell's a point guard because, again, like you were saying, um, he can make all the passes, he needs the ball in his hand. Um, great in the pick and roll. I, I like him at point guard, but a lot of people like him off ball, which I don't agree with. I think that he needs the ball in his hand. If you if you can play Kyrie at the one, you can play D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, I, I, and we have yet to see D'Lo with a big a big man like Carl Anthony Towns. Um, I, I think I think that has the potential to really unlock his game. That pick and roll that they could run because you got two guys that can shoot it, and they both can handle it a little bit. They both they both can pass. Um, yeah, I, I like the idea of D'Lo having the ball in his hands. Because he's a really good passer. Like, he was passing it. I forget how many assists he averaged. His assist rate at Ohio State was pretty darn high. Um, yeah. You know, like, he was doing a lot of those one-handed dimes and, uh, you know, cross-court passes at Ohio State with the ball in his hand. And I think he kind of got away from that in the NBA because it's more open. And, you know, the top scorers are the guys who get to the All-Star game. So, but that doesn't mean he can't be a passer. Like he can, he can pass that yep. ball. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, we'll give our final predictions here, and then we'll get out of here because uh, we realize it's probably getting kind of long at this point. But those that I mean, like basketball conversation. I mean, um, I, I think that they enjoy the podcasts that are longer. I've asked people several times, like, do they like shorter or longer? And they're just kind of like, yeah, we just like the flow. If it's long, it's long. If it's short, it's short. But um, yeah. we'll try and wrap it up here. Uh, okay, so give me. I know again, this is going to be hard, but just your final, final prediction on what you think that we're going to do. And I need a prospect as well. I'm going to hope and pray that Okongu is there, and that's the pick they make it now. Okay, yeah. and I am I am going to go with they're going to stay at nine, and they are going to take Precious. Ooh. Because you're assuming Okongu is not going to be there, or you're assuming, yeah, I don't he's think he's going to be them, there. And yeah, no, I don't think either of them are going to be there. I don't think that the Wizards are going to want to trade up either. Again, th- this is 
based off the conversation I had with the the one young man, they are really high on Precious. Um, and so if they're still looking at someone to fill in their front court and those two are off the board, I mean, he's next in line. Wow. So. Hey, I ain't mad at it, man. I like him. I like yeah. him. I, I, I like that more than Devin Vassell. <laughs> Cole Anthony. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I like it. I, I would not be mad at all. All right. Well, um, I think that's all we got today, guys. So thank you for listening to our kind of pre-off-season, pre-draft episode. Uh, hopefully we'll be back on to talk more shortly. We can kind of recap the draft and really start into free agency. That I've, Free agency starts like two days after the draft or something like that, right? Yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. It's going to be wild, so we can you know, try and come on and back on and recap the, the first okay. few moves of free agency. Sam, uh, Sam's and Waz is going to be working overtime. Absolutely. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. So yeah. here's hoping that we get a big man in the draft and we trade for Robert Covington. I think that's the A-plus plan at this point. Indeed. Indeed. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening, and we will see is you that- next time.